Season 4, Episode 79. Yes, Midweek Bonus Edition. And we have, well, quite a bonus for you, actually. Yeah, we've got some pretty interesting stupidity this week. But you know what's really stupid of late? Spotify for podcasters. You know, back when it used to be called Anchor, it was a nice little outfit. And then Spotify gets into it and they start messing with stuff, which is okay. I don't mind that they mess with stuff, but it's really stupid when they mess with stuff and they don't tell your your customers about it. So I get in thinking I can just upload my podcast, but they change things around and I have to go looking for stuff and I have to get into a chat and type in all capital letters to the people saying, what are you doing, you idiots? And then they have to tell me what they did. I'm like, stop screwing with this. It's pretty bad whenever your own podcast platform is just as stupid as everything else. Well, never mind. Really, I mean, Spotify is nice. But, you know, you're starting to act like PennDOT. You know, it's always under construction. Let's fix it and let's leave it for Pete's sakes, okay? Okay, now I can vent. I can step off my little... Um, soapbox, and let's get on with the rest of the stupidity in life. All the stories that you're going to hear in this podcast are true. None of the names have been changed because we've all done something stupid. St. Eric Lane, and welcome to the midweek bonus episode of My Stupid World. Just remember, if you see something stupid, say something stupid. And if you like the podcast, make sure you rate and review it, because I get five-star stupidity for you. So give it a five-star rating, and maybe even write a review of the podcast. I just might read it in an upcoming episode. And if you've got meth sewn into your underwear... Just might do a story about that, too. Yeah, I'm telling you, folks. (laughs) When it it comes to smuggling things into jails, there's really not many techniques that the authorities haven't seen already. I used to do, like, an outreach to the county jail years ago. And trust me, I've heard some pretty interesting stories. But I'll tell you this. This sounds like a fresh approach, you might say. Uh, well, actually, fresh maybe is the wrong word. Um, somebody tried to smuggle meth into a Kansas jail by sewing it into his undershorts. <laughs> it's not not what I would call a very hygienic plan, but it was actually hatched from the inside. Uh, there was this inmate who only served time on the weekends. So they come up with this harebrained scheme to have him come back in and have the meth sewn into his fruit of the looms. By the way, the drugs were discovered when he was searched. Apparently, the authorities heard rumors about a smuggling attempt, so still not clear if this is why he was caught or if it's something that they would have found either way. Maybe during the pat-down. 
Well, so far, two people have been arrested, but there may have been more co-conspirators, you know, because it takes several brains to come up with something this stupid. Uh, the guy wearing the underpants was one of the ones that was arrested, of course, and it's unclear, though, if it was boxers or briefs. <clears throat> I'm not sure which would be more effective, you know? Would, would you get away with smuggling drugs in the whitey tighties, the bikini briefs, or the boxer shorts? You know, that's probably a, a good scientific study. Some, some research company needs to get millions of dollars to try to study that. <laughs> well, here's something that has been studied, and it appears to be pretty good. And maybe you might think, I mean, I work in radio, and I pick songs that I put into the playlist on the radio station, and I think I have good taste in music, and I think I can pretty much have a gut feeling on what songs are going to be really popular. But I may not have to worry about it. I may not even need to even think about it anymore because artificial intelligence is about to start deciding this for us. Researchers at the Claremont Graduate University in California say their newest AI can predict whether a song will be a hit and do it with 97% accuracy. Now, previous attempts with AI have been around maybe 50%, so basically a coin flip. But just using stats of what we like and don't like has only managed maybe a 69% rate for, of success. So to say this is a 97% accuracy, that's a pretty big claim. Maybe, you know, if, if people were, I, I, I don't know. I, well, anyway, people were asked what type of music they like. And then their, their brains were then scanned while they listened to playlists so the AI could see what they responded to. So when the researchers combined all the data, they say their AI could accurately predict how many streams a song would get on apps like Spotify. So in the future, you could do the same thing yourself, you know, teach an app what kind of music you like, and it could feed you the stuff it knows that you'll be into. <laughs> you know, radio stations sometimes will have listening parties, or at least that's what they used to do, you know, get people together in a high school auditorium you know, buy pizza for everybody and, uh, you know, have a hundred or 200 people show up, you know, and it's, you know, by invitation only and you get free pizza and then you sit and you listen to, you know, maybe 20 or 30 songs and you uh, rate what songs that you like. And the, this is how the radio station will decide what songs that they might should add to the playlist, right? Well, now I can just see everybody coming in and putting on like virtual headsets or something and let the computer scan their brains while they play all the songs and bingo. You know, just put on the headset, munch on some pizza, listen to music, and not have to do a thing and let the computer read your mind. Well, I also hear there's talk about how this whole AI thing could end up shows with shows like American Idol because it would actually be better than the actual human judges at spotting the talent. Can you imagine American Idol with artificial intelligence? Now, this is part of a bigger idea. It's called neuroforecasting. That's an actual word. They say that it could also be tweaked to predict which movies and TV shows would be a hit. Frankly, if you want my opinion on the whole thing, I 
I think it, it kind of takes all the fun out of it, you know? Well, anyway. There's an Ohio woman that says she has no plans to take down her Halloween decoration. She still has her Halloween decorations up. Actually, what she has up is a nearly a 10-foot-tall werewolf statue in her yard. And she's even got a warning from the city. Now, her name is Mary Simmons. She lives in Dayton. She said she bought this nine-and-a-half-foot-tall werewolf for the Halloween season, but then decided, I'm going to leave it up all year. Uh, Mary told TV station WKEF-TV, he's become kind of my house mascot. I kind of look at it as a security thing. I mean, you know, who wants to break into a house with a nine-and-a-half-foot werewolf sitting outside of it? I mean, I know I wouldn't. Well, Simmons has been actually not just keeping the wolf there, she's also been dressing the werewolf in various costumes to represent the seasons and the holidays. She says we're going to get a big Hawaiian shirt, maybe some sunglasses. The werewolf, which uh, she now has dubbed as Phil the Werewolf, or Phil the Wolf, now has its own Facebook page. And I've seen it. Yeah, just look up Phil the Wolf. It's got over 2,000 followers. And I think the latest costume she has on him now is a nice patriotic outfit. He looks like a gigantic werewolf Uncle Sam or something. Well, Simmons says the neighbors have been largely welcoming of uh, Phil's presence in her yard, but at least one resident has sent an anonymous complaint to the city of Dayton, Ohio, and they, they issued Simmons a warning. A city official said they have no plans to further enforce the werewolf's removal at this time. Actually, here's Mary talking about her nine-and-a-half-foot werewolf and how secure it is in the ground. He's got a cable that that pins him down to the back, and then the platform itself, it has pens in it. It's staked into the ground. So in order to get him out, we have to take all those stakes up and and then take all that out. So, I mean, you really have to toss him to try to get him to fall down. Uh, Simmons says she plans to keep Phil the wolf in her yard, and she's uh, taking measures to ensure his presence is safe for neighbors. She says, I don't want anybody walking by and his head fall off and hit him. I try to treat people like I want to be treated, and I wouldn't want that to happen to me. Of course, if you can't keep a 10-foot werewolf statue in your yard without threats from the government, we might as well just turn the country over to Red China right now. I mean, come on, give the lady a break. She lives in Dayton. That means that she's probably starved for entertainment. (laughs) Uh, There's an international team of archaeologists, ethnographers, or is it ethnoth? Eth- ethnographers, I guess. Anyway, well, and them and along with some historians, they found this. Uh, they found a pendant. It might actually be known as the earliest example of a carved phallus. Yes, that's right. They've actually published their findings in the Journal of Scientific Reports. So this is a real deal. In 2016, archaeologists was working at a dig site in the Kangi Mountains of northern Mongolia. Of course, it had to be northern Mongolia. They uncovered this stone. It's about four centimeters in length. It had been carved by a human. Now, in this new effort, the research team took a closer look at this stone, which uh, was originally named simply T-21. The dating of the material around it suggests the stone was from about 
42,400 to 41,900 years ago, uh, putting its creation in the Upper Paleolithic. Now, it was, uh, it was the two grooves in this stone that caught the attention of the new research team. One of them, uh, one of these grooves wraps around the midsection of the stone, and another groove kind of runs the length from top to bottom. Uh, the researchers suspect these grooves were carved into the stone to make it resemble a human penis. Yeah. They further suggest the midsection groove was meant to represent the glands, while the top-to-bottom groove was meant to replicate the look of the urethral opening. Sounds like they put a lot of thought into this. Researchers note that the flip side of the stone is quite shiny, indicating a lot of rubbing against a soft material. They suggest the soft material was likely human skin, as the stone was hung around the neck and used as a pendant. Okay, think about that for just a minute. Let's just ponder the fact that somebody 42,000 years ago was walking around with a penis necklace. Other conclusions drawn by the researchers have already resulted in comments by others in the field, with many noting that the stone could just as well be a tool used for some unknown purpose. Now, at this point, I'm not sure what that purpose might have been. Oh, and also, the midsection groove could have been made for no other reason than to allow the tying of a string for hanging it around the neck. Still, if the pendant is eventually accepted by the archaeology and historical communities as a real depiction of a penis, then it would represent by far the oldest known example of a carved penis. The current record is roughly half that old. It was a stone that was carved about 28,000 years ago and found in Germany, because, you know, German, German people really have this um, fetish for phalluses, I guess. I don't know. Of course, I don't know. Look, these might be college-educated researchers, but sometimes I think their minds have never left the sixth grade. (laughs) Well, there's a collegiate summer baseball team in Macon, Georgia. They call themselves the Macon Bacon. That's right. It's a fun team name. And their mascot's a seven-foot slice of bacon named Kevin. Get it? Kevin Bacon? No, not, not everybody's amused, though. Of course they're not. And one group that's not amused are the animal rights people, called Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. And they say bacon increases cancer risk. And we're asking the team to change its name to something that's healthier. Okay, first we've got offensive mascots because they, you know, represent Native American tribes. And so that's not good. Now we're going to unhealthy mascots that we don't like. I don't think this uh, animal rights group is going to be very successful, though. The, The president of the Macon Bacon said they were, quote, very surprised to hear the criticism, which has also been posted on billboards in the city. Yeah, it's the vocal minority that gets all the attention, isn't it? 
He says, quote, The make and bacon do not view ourselves as a glorification of an unhealthy lifestyle. We pride ourselves on being a fun-natured organization focused on bringing families and communities together. And frankly, what brings families together more than bacon? <laughs> he added that while they do serve a ton of bacon in the stadium, they also offer plant-based options. Although I'm not sure if the plant-based bacon is ever going to outsell the real thing. And as for the name, he says, we do not consider a name change. Ever. And um, to that, I say, here, here. By the way, this advocacy group is also unhappy about a sports team in Wisconsin called the Milwaukee Milkmen. You know, some people were just born uptight. You know, their sphincter muscle is having spasms or something. I don't know. Well, have you ever played chutes and ladders? I, I've never played it, but I mean, I'm familiar with it. Well, you know, if you've ever played it, it can be brutal. Now, I, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but there's a chutes and ladders themed playground that just opened here in Harrisburg, PA. Okay, right, the state capital here in Pennsylvania. I know it. It looks, it looks just like it sounds. Okay, dozens of slides and equipment to climb. It, well, at least they, they didn't model it after the original game. Snakes and ladders. But the, the playground took about two years to design and build, and it cost more than a million bucks. Now the city posted some footage from the opening day, and there are some hills involved, so it does feel reminiscent of the game. But it's also for very young kids. So it's not nearly as harrowing as it could have been. And by the way, the park, uh, there, there, there's a park in New Mexico that their, their building is monstrous, a huge, actually two huge 100-foot slides for kids. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? Here's the director of the Parks and Rec for the city there in New Mexico, Dave Simmons. He's uh, talking about that project there in Albuquerque. We wanted to use Mother Nature here. We wanted to use the features that the land was offering to us here at this site. I'm really a little bit more concerned about adults behaving badly at this park and at this slide once we open it. By the time the leaves start falling, we'll be descending the slide. And by the way, these are the biggest slides in the state with a staircase to climb just to get to the top. So it's a chutes and ladders situation for older kids, you might say. So... A uh, hundred foot slide. I just hope that it's not going to be those metal slides because by the time you get to the bottom of a 100 foot slide that's been sitting out in the sunlight for all those many hours, especially in Albuquerque, New Mexico, your legs are going to look like those making bacon mascots, you know? All right, there's another thing that's brewing on TikTok. And uh, <clears throat> well, this actually just could be the result of your morning cup of Joe. Um, a ghost poop. It's a term used to describe when your stool plops to the bottom of the toilet and seemingly vanishes without a trace. You know, you drop a loaf in and you get up and it's like, where'd it go? I haven't flushed it yet. Well, gut health expert and registered dietitian Julie Balsamo tells the Post and an email says that if you've ever gone to the bathroom and looked into the toilet only to see your poop disappear. It means you've experienced the elusive ghost poop. And the same thing goes if you've ever wiped and there's nothing on the toilet paper, at least for those who actually look. 
at what they've wiped. Well, as the subject of a hashtag with more than 15 million views on TikTok, ghost poop is something that actually should be celebrated as it's the result of a healthy bowel movement, most of the time at least. Now, I can't, I can't even read that phrase without having flashbacks as a child sitting at my breakfast table with my mother and my sister. Because inevitably every morning, the conversation between them would go something like, did you go to the bathroom? Yes. Did you poop? Yes. What did it look like? That's my, that would be my mother grilling my sister. And if it didn't look good, she had to down a glass of prune juice. So I guess my family was very much concerned about healthy bowel movements. Maybe we should have known more about ghost poop back then, but anyway. Uh, one Canadian-based naturopathic doctor, or is it naturopathic? Anyway, Dr. Janie Bo- uh, Bowring, she claims in a video that with more than, well, so far the video has gotten over seven and a half million views. If you've ever experienced <clears throat> ghost poop, it could mean that you're one of the healthiest people on planet Earth. Uh, Boring alleges that your poop has gone into the abyss of the toilet bowl due to, due to the result of a healthy diet and a healthy sleep cycle. She says, it's because you've got that fiber. You've got enough of those essential fatty acids. Your circadian rhythms are in tune with nature, with the light and dark cycle of the day. And you've got that ghost poop. Well, there you go. All is well in the world and the universe. And according to California-based registered dietitian nutritionist Amanda Soseda, it can also mean your body is properly hydrated. Oh, yes. And if you're wiping and there's no residue on the paper, that could mean your diet has a good amount of fiber in it and you're adequately hydrated. Well, good. Now, Soseda explained in this email to the Post, she adds that you should not stress if um, you're not having ghost poop every day as the diets do fluctuate, which means your stools fluctuate too. And I think we all have had fluctuating stools from time to time. If you don't find yourself having many or any ghost poops, don't be alarmed. Okay, you're you're still okay. Don't start thinking that you're going to die soon. In fact, uh, having a ghost poop every day isn't always ideal, hmm. according to what Soseda says. Now, uh, you know, you are unable to see the changes in your feces if it disappears all the time, so that's not necessarily a good thing. It isn't ideal, she says, 100% of the time, because you can't observe any changes in your poop, as if we're all, you know, studying our poop. If the poop disappears in the toilet bowl right away after you go, you won't be able to see if there's any color or consistency changes. But then again, if there was any changes in your poop, maybe it wouldn't be ghost poop. It would just sit there and let you examine it. I don't know. But there's awful lot of talk going on about poop. <laughs> oh, maybe my mother was onto something. What does your poop look like? Well, there's a Texas tourist who took a cruise from Port Everglades that returned only to be arrested at the port on a felony child endangerment charge. Now, this poor woman spent three nights in the Broward County Jail, but it turns out the law enforcement officials detained the wrong person. Jennifer Heathbox says, I just don't understand how something like this can happen. 
She's never been arrested before in her whole life. She says, the whole time that I was like, this is not happening. The strip search, the humiliation, the shackles, the prison uniform, being issued blankets. Heathbox spent three nights in the Broward County Jail, including Christmas Day. Now, this happened last year. She said she missed saying goodbye to her eldest son, who was deployed on a three-year military mission, while she sat behind bars for a crime she never committed. Heathbox and her entire family spent a week on board of the Harmony of the Seas. Turns out it was a big oops. No word yet on when the lawsuit's going to get filed. Well, there's a 34-year-old serial record breaker from Spain who's now got a new title to go to his name because he ran a 100-meter sprint while wearing high heels. His name is Christian Roberto Lopez Rodriguez. He donned 2.76-inch stiletto heels and ran 100 meters. That's 328 feet in a mere 12.82 seconds. Rodriguez took the Guinness World Record from Andre Ortolf, who ran 100 meters in high heels in 14.02 seconds back in 2019. Hmm. Now, Rodriguez told Guinness World Records, the preparation was very exhaustive and specific. I find it very challenging to be able to run in high heels at high speed. In Spain, there are races like this, and they have always gone well for me. Well, that's really good. Maybe next time he can, you know, throw on a nice skirt and a little mascara and lipstick. That way he'll look presentable when he's out there running in high heels. You know, doesn't it really irritate you how men are just taking over the women's sports? Well, Louisiana State University fans, they broke a record. It wasn't in high heels, though. It was in an unusual College World Series tradition by ordering and downing more than 21,000 jello shots from an Omaha pizzeria. Uh, Kevin Kuljak, who's the owner of Rocco's Pizza and Cantina in Omaha, says he started making jello shots in school colors during the 2016 College World Series, and the Jello Shot Challenge has since become an annual tradition for fans to show support for their favorite schools. Now, here's the owner, Kevin, uh, talking about the Jello Shot Challenge that he invented. One of my bartenders, Patty, mixed up some cup, uh, you know, some drinks in bottles with some different colors and said, hey, teams might like to buy them. And, and when I took the place over, I'm like, well, let's do some colored Jello. And we never really tracked it. We just kind of had it up there for fun. And then Arkansas four years ago came in and they had a group of guys buying 20, 30 at a time. And so we put a little tote board up there just for them and they ended up with 680. I made up a little flyer and said, hey, you know, this is a jello shot record if you guys got nothing to do for two days. The University of Mississippi set a record for the challenge back in 2022 with Ole Miss supporters ordering 18,777 jello shots and blew past that total when the number of jello shots ordered reached 21,435. The total was bolstered by Todd Graves, the founder of fast food restaurant Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, who spent $30,000 to buy 6,000 of the shots to share with his fellow fans. Uh, by the way, uh, Coljat said that Graves also set a record for the most shots ordered by a single person. The number of shots ordered by LSU fans, at the last count, had topped 22,462. I think we should just up the ante a little bit and forget the jello shots. Let's do navel shots.
You know, everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would like to hear about it, okay? If you've maybe got a great stupid story from your stupid world, maybe you just want to respond to one of mine. I'd like to hear about it. Let me hear from you. You can contact me easily just by email at shoutout at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, or if you got a question or a comment about something that you've heard on the podcast or something that Pancho Guerro has said on the podcast, or maybe you just want to tell me of some firsthand experience of some stupidity you've encountered, well, let me know. I want to hear from you. I might uh, even use your comments on an upcoming episode. So record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com and uh, give me your feedback, okay? Um, And by the way, if you haven't done so already, and I just can't imagine why you haven't already, follow me on social media. You can look me up on Facebook or Twitter by searching out the handle Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. And now, from the news desk of Insane Eric Lane, it's the Week in Review. President Biden attended a fundraiser hosted by tech billionaire recently to discover to have traveled to convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein's private island in 2014. But I guess you can't blame the guy because Epstein was supposedly a great hang. Uh, LinkedIn co-founder Reid Hoffman hosted the fundraiser on behalf of Biden's re-election campaign and in support of the Biden Victory Fund. But uh, many are hoping that Joe will soon be on LinkedIn just looking for a new gig. Hunter Biden, meanwhile, pled guilty in the federal case stemming from the years-long investigation into his tax affairs. But really, those are nothing compared to his um, affairs with strippers and hookers. The president's son pleaded guilty to two counts of willful failure to pay federal income tax. But look, if you can't, you really can't blame the guy for holding on to his money because, you know, these days, even crack ain't cheap. According to a new survey, more workers are expecting to change jobs in the next 12 months than last year. And a chunk of those plan on leaving the workforce altogether to start an OnlyFans instead. The survey found 26% of workers plan to change jobs in the next year. That's up from 19% in 2022, which is surprising that a quarter of people are unhappy with their jobs, mainly because, well, I thought that that number would be much higher. A Maine fisherman caught three extremely rare orange lobsters in the space of one week. Kind of a cool story and all, but look, most people only care about the never-ending shrimp at Red Lobster. Not to be outdone, though, local sailors went to a dive bar and caught plenty of crabs. Modelo continues to be the top-selling beer in the USA as Bud Light's struggles persist. So it uh, turns out Joe and Kamala aren't the only ones embracing the stuff that's crossing the border. Modelo's ownership varies in the U.S. and outside of the country. The beer maker is owned by Anheuser-Busch in countries outside of the U.S. However, within the U.S., it's owned by the New York-based beverage conglomerate Constellation Brands. This is so confusing that most people just give up and order a beer with the highest ABV. A Scottish man who takes his snakes to sunbathe in his local park has sparked an online debate about what animals are and um, are not acceptable in public spaces. Of course, this is very weird, but most people are just happy he wasn't sunbathing his trouser snake. Americans don't like seeing snakes in the grass. After all, we have too many of them here in Washington, D.C. 
And according to a new report, there are plans for more Mission Impossible movies after Dead Reckoning Parts 1 and 2. But Tom Cruise is, you know, getting old. So in this one, the nearly impossible mission is going to CVS and resisting the urge to buy Werther's originals. I mean, the fact that they're planning a ninth and tenth movie tells me that the, these aren't as hard as the little as the title would suggest. You know, maybe they could call it Mission Fairly Difficult. And a new report states that Meghan Markle's podcast interviews were actually done by members of her staff and audio of her voice asking the questions was then clipped in later, which means that Megan is officially the Millie Vanilli of podcasting. The Archwell Media Company, launched by Harry and Megan, also didn't produce enough content to receive the full payout of the $20 million deal they agreed to in 2020, so somehow Harry and Megan's deal was the worst thing to happen in 2020. Zion Williamson's ongoing feud with porn star Mariah Mills was taken up a notch or two whenever she took to Twitter, threatening to release sex tapes of the pair. But look, this wouldn't be the first time Zion has been filmed taking it into the hole. The uh, New Orleans Pelicans star has become embroiled in a very ugly public spat with the adult movie star after he revealed that he and his girlfriend were expecting a baby. Mariah is spitting some serious trash talk, which is kind of weird because porn stars usually don't spit. The Federal Trade Commission sued Amazon for what is called a years-long effort to enroll consumers without consent into their Amazon Prime program, making it difficult also for them to try to cancel those subscriptions. You know, they're so shady that people are now referring to the peep to the program as Amazon Slime. Now, the complaint said that the option to purchase items on Amazon without subscribing to Prime was more difficult in many cases. This is really stunning, frankly, because Jeff Bezos seems like such an ethical guy. According to a new survey, Major League Baseball players are generally positive on rule changes that have helped increase fan interest, especially the pitch clock which fans love because the game is over as quickly as humanly possible. Players think it's great that the fans are more engaged. Yeah, I mean, it's really nice to see them fall asleep during the fifth inning rather than the second. And a survey of 2,000 U.S. adults found that people are psyched for summer, feeling very or extremely excited about the change of seasons, which has many folks thinking that these people surveyed must not have kids who are off from school. Those surveys said that they look forward to the most are the summer gatherings like pool days, beach days, and barbecues. I mean, these are fun. But, you know, men just have to be careful not to burn their wieners. New data reveals that women in the USA have some of the biggest breasts in the world. Now, this is the kind of important story that a lot of men would love to see covered. Or maybe I should say uncovered. I'm not sure if there will be any updates on the research, but... If there is, I'll keep you abreast of the situation. Researchers documenting animal life on a stretch of Texas Gulf Coast shared a video documenting an unusual discovery, a safe that had washed up on the beach. And now this discovery has inspired a whole new cocktail. Yeah, safe sex on the beach. <clears throat> the team managed to open the safe and only discovered that it only contained a packet of silica gel. Now, the contents of this safe was so worthless, they can only be compared to safes in banks filled with American dollars. According to a royal insider, Prince William and Kate Middleton don't want to move into Prince Andrew's longtime mansion, Royal Lodge. 
mainly because it would be too much work between packing, transporting, and blacklighting all of Andrew's bedrooms. A source close to William and Kate told Page Six the couple is extremely happy at Adelaide Cottage with their three children. And if the kids weren't related to him, well, Andrew would be asking to move in with them. Wes Craven's 1982 film Swamp Thing is getting completely restored and remastered in a release. The, the swamp creature is now so touched up that it perfectly resembles Nancy Pelosi. Just hours after threatening to release sex tapes of herself and Zion Williamson on Twitter, ex-porn star Mariah Mills' account was deactivated. Not because she was bullying, but rather because nobody on this planet wants to see that. People yearn, though, for the days. You know, when we'd watch Zion dribbling on the court, but now we might be exposed to a <clears throat> different kind of ball handling. The founder of an elite Los Angeles-based sex club has been banned from the X-rated organization after claiming Hunter Biden was once a member and got kicked out for being a scumbag. But Hunter was flattered because this is the nicest thing anybody's ever said about him. Damon Lawner, the founder of SNCTM, uh, identified the first son as an ex-member of the private club in the since-deleted Instagram post. Uh, now the guy just better be careful because, you know, he just might wind up committing suicide via a gunshot wound to the back of the head. And according to a new survey, just 47% of Microsoft employees said they would remain at the company if they received a comparable job offer from another firm. Turns out they would leave even quicker than Bill Gates when boarding a flight to Little St. James. The dismal figure marked a major decline compared to when 70% of Microsoft employees said a few months back that they would actually stay at the company in the same scenario. Company culture has gotten so bad for Microsoft Windows that people just want to jump out of the windows. And Good Humor has announced they're discontinuing their toasted almond ice cream bar. And fans are stunned. They say the company is totally nuts. Now, this comes about a year after Klondike discontinued their Choco Tacos. These ice cream companies are making so many terrible decisions, you would think they were being run by the government. And a Mexican mayor has come under fire for hiring female strippers to perform at a Father's Day event in the southern town of Huehuetan. That makes sense, I guess, that he's taking the heat because dads usually get a new fishing pole, not a stripper pole. At one point during the raucous celebration, three men were picked out of the crowd and they were seen lying on the stage floor receiving full-body lap dances. Look, say what you want about this mayor, but look, he can sure get that dad vote. And according to whistleblower testimony, Hunter Biden counted payments to prostitutes and dues for a sex club on his tax returns as expenses for his <clears throat> consulting business. Somebody needs to remind Hunter that you can't write off getting off. Many people are calling Hunter a fraudster, but sadly, look, that's also some of the nicest things people have ever said about him. Chris Christie was booed while he was addressing a gathering of top conservatives after he accused former President Donald Trump of failing the Republican Party. Now, this was kind of new for Christie, you know, because usually he's booed before he even opens his mouth. But look, if there's one thing we know for sure about Christie, it's that he opens his mouth. A lot. According to new research, 
Taking a siesta during work has real benefits for productivity, creativity, and memory. Now, this is a real study and uh, totally not the product of a scientist who got caught sleeping in the lab. The research also says people who nap at work have bigger brains. Uh, but the current president of the United States seems to disprove that theory. There's also a new study that finds that people tend to drink alcohol heavily on the days that they're in a good mood. But what the study fails to mention is that good booze is probably the reason these people are in a good mood. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, they're in a good mood because they're hanging out with their best friends. You know, like Johnny Walker, Jack Daniels, Evan Williams. There's a proposed bill from New York City Council members that would require emergency vehicles operating in the Big Apple to use quieter sirens because lawmakers want residents to enjoy the beautiful sounds of the city, like gunshots and urine hitting the street. Well, the bill was reintroduced by two councilwomen, Carlina Rivera and Gail Brewer, and it would cap sirens at 90 decibels. Now, that's 30 decibels less than they are now. <clears throat> but look, <clears throat> nothing will top the high-pitched screams of psychos on the subway. And there's new video that shows a French tourist sunbathing in Australia when she gets bit on the butt by a wild dingo. <clears throat> yeah, people were outraged because before attempting to do this with a woman, you need to <clears throat> at least buy her dinner first. <clears throat> Definitely a scary situation, but at least the dingo didn't eat anyone's baby. Kourtney Kardashian recently posted a new photo of her baby bump while wearing a barely there green bikini. Uh, bikini. But this is a Kardashian, though, that we're talking about. So it'd be way more surprising if she had real clothes on. I mean, posing for a bikini pic while pregnant is fine. Everyone's just happy she didn't pull a Kim K and film the way she got pregnant. Happy Gilmore, an actual high school golfer has committed to playing at Ball State University. So it looks like he's uh, trading in grandma's house with the frat house. <laughs> he should do well at the collegiate level. I mean, even if he has to face a kid named Shooter McGavin. Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. shared a video on Twitter that showed the 2024 hopeful performing push-ups shirtless at an outdoor gym. Now, look, this guy may not take the jab, but uh, he definitely uses needles for human growth hormone. Getting in shape for my debates with the President Biden, Kennedy says. Yeah, physical strength is great, but as long as RFK has any type of mental strength whatsoever, I think he'll be fine. <clears throat> and Don Lemon spoke about his commitment to the truth in his first TV interview since being axed. You know, if Don truly is committed to telling the truth, then getting fired from CNN was probably the best thing that ever happened to him. Lemon said, I have a responsibility, not only as a journalist, but as an American, to tell the truth and to abide by the promises of the Constitution. Now, those are respectable, forthright, and sincere words, so I expect him to be canceled immediately. There's a new poll that found that just more than two out of three respondents are concerned about President Biden's mental and physical health. <clears throat> those two in three live in the U.S., and the other one in three live in the state of denial. Like I can understand why some people are not concerned about the president because, you know, if you listen to people like John Fetterman, Biden sounds like a Rhodes Scholar. According to a new a study, um, leaving dog poop on the street is even worse 
than initially feared because it contains microorganisms that cause illness in humans. Well, 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 I guess that's why people in big cities just stick to human poop on the sidewalks. A study also identified dog feces washed into stormwater as a significant contributor to water pollution. And I guess that means that uh, Danzi isn't the only crappy water you're drinking now. And a proposed New York City edict would crack down on coal and wood-fired pizzerias. They say that they put out carbon emissions, and so by eliminating the wood and coal-fired pizzerias, it would cut those emissions by up to 75%, because this is much more reasonable than asking John Kerry to stop flying in multiple private jets. The rule could require pizzerias with these ovens installed prior to May of 2016 to buy those pricey emission control devices, which would really ruin many of these small business owners because they simply don't have that type of dough. A seven-year-old Chinese crested dog born with backwards hind legs has been named the ugliest dog at the annual California contest. Californians, you know, have a hard time looking at this dog in the eye. And they're thinking of maybe nicknaming him uh, Gavin Newsom. Police in London were stunned when a Brit dialed their emergency number, 999, to say they were being followed by a cat. I guess they were concerned that they were being tailed. I mean, that, that could be a scary thing. I mean, after all, what if this was a cat burglar? And Arnold Schwarzenegger's son, Joseph Benea, is set to appear in his very first action movie. But look, considering who his mother is, I'm expecting a spinoff of Handmaid's Tale called Housemaid's Tale. Per TMZ, Benea is on the set of this action film called uh, Call to Duty. It's a movie that looks very similar to Top Gun, but with a female-led cast. Of course, if he's anything like his dad, the movie will end with him impregnating them all. And Sofia Vergara looked incredible as she shared a picture of herself sunbathing topless while wearing a thong bikini on Instagram. And in totally unrelated news, CVSs around the country ran out of Jergens hand lotion and Kleenex tissues. And finally, the Phoenix Mercury announced that they have parted ways with the head coach, Vanessa Nygaard. And just in case you're like the 95% of us who have no earthly idea, the Phoenix Mercury are a WNBA basketball team. Now, the Mercury are an abysmal two wins and ten losses on the season. In fact, they're so bad, Brittany Griner is considering going back to Russia. You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real-time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You are able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with um, everybody in the community. 
Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. And you get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram Messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop or mobile, for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E on Facebook or Twitter, or visit the website at insaneericlane.com. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now, this week's Genius Award. And in this week's Genius Awards, U.S. Customs and Border Protection Officers in Texas seized 146 pounds of cocaine found hidden in unexpected cargo, an ice cream machine. According to the federal agency, uh, officers at the Bridge of America's cargo facility in El Paso discovered the drugs in a large commercial ice cream maker that was being shipped from Mexico to the U.S. The estimated street value of the cocaine was valued at $1.2 million. Roger Mayer, a spokesperson for the agency, was talking to USA Today about it. And according to a press release from the agency, the interception took place when a 1995 Ford F-150 pickup truck hauling the ice cream machine pulled into the facility's port. An x-ray scan of the machine revealed some anomalies, according to what the agency said, and uh, drug detection dogs pointed officers to 56 bundles of cocaine hidden in the walls of the ice cream maker. Now, officers seized the drugs and the vehicle and the driver, who was identified as a 43-year-old man from Mexico, and they were turned over to the Texas Department of Public Safety. Authorities did not name the man, but said he faces state charges in connection to the failed smuggling attempt. Yes, the machine was um, set to start producing Ben & Jerry's new cocaine and cream ice cream flavor. Yeah, Who, who needs hot fudge and chopped nuts whenever you can top your banana split with booger sugar. And then there's this. A man on a boogie board was arrested on a beach in North Florida after refusing to leave Gulf waters during a double red flag alert. <clears throat> Bay County deputies responded to Beach Access 85 to find 38-year-old Garrison Creamer in the water during a double red flag alert as it was posted. The sheriff's office said swimming conditions were too dangerous for anyone Only those tethered to a surfboard can enter the water during double red flags. Deputies use their public address systems to alert Kramer to the danger, but uh, they say that he refused to leave the water. The Bay County Sheriff's Office says that their air unit hovered over Kramer in the water, but again, he refused to leave the surf. The Sheriff's Office says after about 25 minutes, Kramer returned to shore, boogie board in hand, evading deputies by running through a large crowd. Deputies were able to catch up with Kramer. The sheriff's office say that Kramer fought with the deputies in the sand dunes, but was eventually taken into custody. He's charged with violating double red flag ordinance, obstruction of justice, resisting arrest, battery on a law enforcement officer, and was booked into the Bay County Jail and held on no bond. Of course, this guy clearly is a maniac, so women should be aware of his double red flags. Boogie boarding in double red flags conditions doesn't even sound fun. In fact, the only people having less fun are parents forced to bring their kids to six flags. Or how about this? 
They say you are what you eat, and sometimes what you drink, apparently. An inebriated 39-year-old Florida man was drinking a can of Florida Man beer when he was arrested for disorderly intoxication, according to police. Seth Thomas allegedly was yelling at traffic while walking in the roadway in front of traffic and refusing to stop when he was collared by sheriff's deputies in a street in Seminole, a city in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, cops say that Thomas was drinking from a can of Florida Man at the time of his arrest. Now, that's a beer which is produced by the Tampa-based Cigar City Brewing. It's a double India pale ale that's uh, brewed with nearly a criminal amount of hops and a moderate bitterness that's just about matching the Florida man's general disposition. Thomas was arrested for disorderly intoxication, a misdemeanor, and booked into the Pinellas County Jail. He was released from custody after posting a $100 bond. Thomas's rap sheet includes recent convictions for obstructing police, trespassing, possession of open alcohol, and disorderly intoxication. Yes. <clears throat> Florida man beer. Sounds too good to be true. After all, you can drink it and experience what it's like to be the nation's middle child. <laughs> but be careful drinking, Florida man. I mean, after all, <clears throat> you'll more than likely take your clothes off and commit a series of heinous crimes. And what about this? A Florida man traded four wheels for four hooves on his journey to getting his caffeine fix in Cape Coral. Susie Ostertag and a friend were at the Starbucks on Surfside Boulevard in Cape Coral when they spotted a horse going through the drive-thru. And apparently it wasn't his first rodeo. The horse was scared when loud trucks came by and the rider had to keep calming him down, Ostertag told Fox 35 News. There's a horse place close by, so that's where he came from. Ostertag said a couple of girls from the nearby smoothie shop Pure Green walked over to feed the big guy uh, an apple. We all got our phones and started taking pictures. We were also worried about traffic whipping around that parking lot that could hit or scare the horse, Ostertag added. She was told that the horse and his rider take a trip to Starbucks quite often. Of course, this guy must have serious money, and besides owning a horse, he's buying Starbucks coffee. <laughs> Usually it's Mercedes, BMW, and Lexus in the Starbucks drive through But every now and then, you get a Mustang. And you got to check this one out. Authorities have released body camera footage in the case of a man who was arrested after he tried to steal a jet ski. Police arrested 47-year-old Yakov Jacques Levi after they say he tried to steal the personal watercraft before getting naked in the water. It happened along the 2300 block of Miami Beach. And according to an arrest report, Levi tried to steal the jet ski that was parked along the shoreline. That belongs to Bosher Brothers, according to police. Uh, the manager of the business there initially told Levi to get away after noticing him trying to board it and push it into the water. He then broke a paddleboard handle that belonged to the business and used it to hit the manager in the head, according to the arrest report. After officers got there, police said that Levi got into the water and would not come out. Instead, he stuck up his middle finger at the officers and eventually took off his shorts, becoming completely nude. Police said that two good Samaritans who tried to help get Levi out of the water were also struck by the suspect. Eventually, an officer punched Levi in the face in order to gain control over him. He was arrested on charges of aggravated battery on a law enforcement officer, resisting an officer with violence, lewd and lascivious behavior, aggravated battery, providing a false name after arrest, grand theft, resisting an officer without violence, 
and an assault on a police officer, firefighter, or intake officer. Of course, it's common sense to view sea creatures when on a jet ski, but nobody wants to see this man's sea serpent. He stuck both middle fingers up at the officers, but that still wasn't as offensive as flashing his third leg. And you'll never believe this one. A Florida man was arrested after an Illinois woman led police to her stolen iPhone that was inside the man's Jeep, along with nearly 20 other stolen phones wrapped in aluminum foil. An Illinois woman's determination to get her stolen iPhone back was, that was taken from a 3rd Avenue South restaurant eventually led to the arrest of 54-year-old Orelsi Hernandez Montero of Miami. The MNPD says Montero is suspected of being a part of an organized cell phone theft operation. He's jailed on two counts of felony theft and one count of misdemeanor theft. The 25-year-old victim was inside the Layer Cake restaurant when she discovered her $1,200 iPhone was missing from her purse. The victim was able to track the phone via her Apple Watch to a parking lot behind the restaurant. She asked the officers for help, and shortly after, they went to the parking lot and found a maroon Jeep Wagoneer from which the phone was pinging. Officers were able to clearly see the phone inside the vehicle. Surveillance cameras even captured Montero coming and going from the Jeep. Officers conducted their surveillance on the Jeep, and Montero returned to his vehicle, saw the officers, and then tried to get into an Uber to leave. Officers were able to take him into custody before the Uber could leave. Police were able to execute a search warrant on the Jeep and found 17 cell phones. Many of them were wrapped in aluminum foil. Police say the foil was used to try to diminish their signals. <laughs> the guy had cell phones wrapped in tinfoil, which is crazy to a lot of us because we usually have turkey sandwiches in there. And he learned a valuable lesson, too, I think. The only ones allowed to commit thievery are Apple employees selling $1,200 iPhones. <laughs> okay, one more. A 22-year-old Florida man driving naked, except for his socks, hit several vehicles, drove onto a school's running track in Palm Coast, and later got stuck in the woods near a landfill while he tried to flee from police, according to the Flagler County Sheriff's Office. Stephen Peterson of Port Orange was dragged out of the vehicle by Flagler County deputies who surrounded the crashed vehicle, a body camera recording showed. His 20-year-old passenger, Victoria Averill, who was clothed, was also pulled out of the vehicle screaming, according to the camera footage. Peterson was charged with fleeing and eluding, leaving the scene of a crash with damage to a vehicle or property, resisting an officer without violence, trespassing on school grounds, possession of marijuana under 20 grams, and possession of drug paraphernalia and equipment. He's being held at the Sheriff Perry Hall inmate detention facility on $19,500 bail. Averill was arrested and charged with trespassing on school grounds, possession of marijuana under 20 grams, and possession of drug paraphernalia and equipment, and she is in jail and held on $3,000 bail. Actually, Sheriff Rick Stolley said, just whenever you think that you've seen and heard everything, a naked driver causes multiple hit-and-run crashes, flees from law enforcement, resists arrest, and then has to be dragged out naked from his car to be arrested. <laughs> I get the desire to drive naked in Florida, especially in the summer. You just have to be careful not to let your scrotum stick to the upholstery. I just want to know, though, where he's getting weed so good that it makes you want to drive around naked. Well, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Give it five stars. These are five-star stupid stories, okay? And by the way, please rate and review the podcast and make sure that review is really stupid so I'll have something to use on an upcoming episode. And don't forget, 
if you rate and review the podcast, it will help for, you know, multiple reasons. You know, it boosts my ego and it also helps it to show up prominently in searches because, you know, there's people out there Googling for stupidity. And you can really help that by sharing the podcast on your social media feeds. And then you won't appear stingy with your stupidity. If you haven't subscribed, why? Click that subscribe button because you will experience FOMO if you don't. You know, fear of missing out of any new stupid episodes. And if you're trying to listen when you're streaming the podcast and you get that buffering when you're in the crappy cell service or Wi-Fi coverage, forget that. Just download every episode. And by the way, if you're using a podcast player, I recommend you download Podcast Addict. It's a great app. They have optimum performance and it's free, very customizable. And they have two different types of paid versions if you like to upscale. Don't forget, uh, besides our midweek bonus episode, there's a second episode every weekend with Pancho Guerrero, my insane Florida nephew. Pancho will also have a few stupid Florida stories as well as uh, a few penis jokes. And he'll also answer your questions with his sage wisdom. You can ask Pancho about anything. You test your skill against him also every week with our insane game show. And Lord knows he needs all the wisdom he can get. By the way, if you download Telegram Messenger, it's a great app, you can then use that app and join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World channel. There I've got articles from all the episodes stupidity. You can comment about what you've read. You can share some of the articles with your friends to prove that I'm not making this stuff up. You can also, you know, send in some comments or suggestions about the podcast as well. Maybe it's just not stupid enough for you. Get a preview and a link to download Telegram Messenger at t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. Don't forget the K in E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. The app is free. It's in desktop or mobile versions. You can get it for different platforms like Windows and Linux and Android and Apple. Or you can just follow me on social media at insane Eric Lane on Facebook or Twitter or see the whole shoot and match at my special website insaneericlane.com. Don't forget the K. And your verbal meme for this week, I keep waiting for my ship to come in, but all I ever get is a canoe with one paddle. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with support from Mr. Laughs Comedy, Ad Large Media, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and the Pulse of Radio United Stations Radio Network. Theme music, It's a Great Big Stupid World, is written and performed by Randy Stonehill. Copyright 1992, Stonehillian Music, Word Music, Twitch and Vibes Music, and is available wherever you download music. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is distributed by Spotify for podcasters. Record your podcast as easy as talking on your phone and have it distributed to all major podcast platforms. The editing and music library are all at your fingertips with Spotify for podcasters. Download the app from your favorite app store. <laughs>